a psychiatrist familiar with knife-wielding dream demon Freddy Krueger helps teens at a mental hospital battle the killer who is invading their dreams. This is Movie Time Machine. Hello and welcome to the first ever Movie Time Machine Monster Closet Edition, where we relive the nightmares from the past and survive them in the present. This week, we'll travel back to the year 1987 and revisit the film A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, directed by Chuck Russell and written by Wes Craven and Chuck Wagner. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, and before we get deeper into our movie discussion, I want to introduce my co-host today, Jamie. Why don't we just let everyone know what we've been watching or doing lately um, during this uh, corona crisis. <laughs> hey, Chad, what's up? <laughs> this is Jamie. I have been, let's see now, as as you may know too, free time is actually not at a premium when you have kids in your home with yes. them all the time. Yep. So those who are single or have a family with no children, just know that some of us do not have the free time that you do, so I hope you're making the most of it. But what I have been doing is, aside from a lot of workout videos on YouTube, I kind of feel like an 80s stay-at-home mom at some some hours of the day. But uh, Mickey and I actually just started watching a series on Disney+. Plus. I think it's called Continent 7. I guess the premise is just... Ah. It's a docu-series about Antarctica, okay. and it's it's really cool. If you have Disney+, Plus, I recommend checking it out. I think it's in the National Geographic um, library of that service, but it's kind of perfect for like those 2 a.m. bottle feedings for our newborn because Antarctica itself is just a bizarre place, and when you're that tired in yeah. the morning, nothing makes sense especially a team of explorers driving like high-powered snow machines over open ice crevasses. It, it's the perfect show for the perfect time of the day. Yeah. So, that's those me, national Yeah, those, <laughs> those National Geographic uh, programs like that can be tranquil, you know, and peaceful, especially yeah, when it's set right. in Antarctica, you know? You're right. So that, it is perfect for a, a 2 a.m. nighttime feeding, so... I'm there with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lately, uh, you know, it was my birthday not so long ago and I spoiled myself and bought a Nintendo Switch and I've been <clears throat> playing. Collectively, it's a lot of Animal Crossing, but that game is something that you could dive into for like 10 minutes, you know, and hop out and you're good. You know, you can just just little tasks that you can um, knock out. So can and you... I have like a brief. Yeah, go. What's that? Sorry, I just can you break that down for me because I'm a Nintendo loyalist who knows nothing about that franchise. So, what is Animal Crossing? Can you explain it just a little bit? Yeah, and it's essentially it's kind of like it's not like a super deep. It's just like you you start on this island, you create like an avatar. Your the inhabitants of the island are all some kind of anthropomorphic. Uh, animal people like you know and you just kind of you collect stuff and it's all about like building up your home <laughs> designing like you know like your home setup so doing some decorating 
Um, it's kind of like keeping your island up. You so know, like a Sims kind of feeling? Yeah, just not as deep. You know, it's like you're collecting, uh, you know, fruit to sell, make money, and you need to pay off the, uh, <clears throat> I would say it's the game's uh, um, antagonist is <laughs> is uh, Tom Nook, who is the one that owns the island. And um, yeah, you start off with the tent, then you are in debt to Tom Nook, and it's about paying off that debt to Tom Nook, and then going back into to debt with Tom Nook. So that's that's essentially the whole that's the whole back and forth of the game, you know. But it's like you can catch like insects or catch fish or um, plant trees. And you get like little like rewards for um, doing those tasks like so many times. So like, like say you pull weeds, <laughs> you know, like 50 times you get like, uh, you know, some nook points and, uh, uh -huh. you know, then like you get another set for like the next hundred then like it builds up to like 300. It's just things. It's it's like hundreds of different like little tasks that you continuously like throughout the game it's not like your your whole life isn't like i'm just going to pull weeds all the time it's just you just do all these like tiny little tasks throughout the game i'm probably not explaining it the best but it's kind of relaxing it's soothing it's not very intense um you don't need to be a genius to play the game but kind of fun it's given me opportunity to like here and there to play with my son um just kind of get him get his uh, hand-eye coordination going into the, the video game realm. So that's Bad kind of boy. fun to to uh, try to guide, you know, a young child to, like, connecting, like, uh, physical movements into, like, a 3D realm. So, yeah, that's been... He's pick he's picking it up. He, he gets it. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's Yeah, it's, I mean, he gets it, but, I mean, it's still... Pr difficult for him so that's fun he enjoys it so he's that's not cool. he's not getting a lot of like screen time with it either it's kind of he should like and we'll do it about 15 minutes after dinner <clears throat> that's cool Got kinda, his, young. you know yeah he's a short attention span though so he gets he's easily distracted <laughs> we've been doing that then also also we uh over this last weekend we rented the tr new trolls movie Trolls World Tour, which is is all right, you know, pretty entertaining. Rock on, yeah. Had some cool points. Had some other things that you know went on. I was like, oh, what to talk about now? Kind of contradicts what they did with the rest of the movie, but it's an anime animated film. And there's some <laughs> funny parts though, so it's pretty good. Yeah. It's way better than that movie Littlefoot, which I also watch with my kids, and that movie is fucking terrible. <laughs> Which one's Littlefoot? Oh, is that the Bigfoot movie? That's yeah, it's bad, it's awful. Oh, dang, dang, dang. See, and I value your recommendations for kids' movies because did I tell you that Evie's favorite movie is The Grinch? Have I told you that? Oh, the newer one, the yeah, latest. Yeah, no, you didn't tell me that. Oh my god, I've seen that movie like. 60 times that's not an exaggeration that's her favorite movie it's one it's of so good though three movies it is yeah it's really I good like, i feel like it's not on people's radars i feel like they're way and 
I understand it's not Christmas time, but if your kid has to pick one movie to watch over and over and over again, I'm telling you that I'm not sick of this movie yet. And I've literally seen it, like I said, at least 60 times. Yeah. I mean, it's hilarious. Awesome. Yeah. Music's good. Yep. Music. The voice acting is awesome. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head who um, does the voice acting roles in that. Yeah. Uh, uh, movie. Ben Oldall's Cumberband. Really and, uh, uh, Keenan Thompson's hilarious. I laugh every. Oh yeah, time he's he... like the uh, he's like the bearded guy. Yeah, like, uh, who... <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He's like Trickle the super. Bomb. Yeah, <laughs> he's like the super. <laughs> well, they're all super happy Christmas people, but he's like super. Because is anyone that gets like the Christmas tree? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's a, Three yeah, times that's a good the movie. eggnog. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, uh, speaking of Keenan Thompson, did you get a chance to? Uh, did you watch that? Um, What's up with that SNL skit I shared on the group chat today? Oh shoot, no, I haven't seen that one yet. Okay, no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. It's just the but... funniest SNL skit of the past twenty years. I mean, I think it's funny, and I always, <laughs> which probably means everyone else doesn't like don't think it's funny but i mean it's, it was on like multiple times over like many years so someone liked it i loved it but. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll check oh. it out it do- doesn't take much to twist my arm for snl clips so you can right. call me all a right. fan okay all right so jamie this is our first uh you know we've been talking about this for a while to do you know just like a special segment within our podcast where we dive into horror films and maybe, you know, dive into some, you know, older movie, like monster films. And we talked about like Godzilla and a little bit like that. Um, <clears throat> so to kick it off, you watched um, Dream Warriors and you said you wanted to do this for um, our monster closet special edition where we cover horror films. So, um, yeah, do you want to go into, like, why did you just randomly pick this? Was it something I was just on, or, like, what kind of tipped tipped you or lean, had you lean into this movie for um, this podcast? So, so I'm going to give you more detail than you would like, but... <laughs> yeah, no, go for, ahead. More the mirror. Well, I guess, first of all, I just wanted to say for the um, Monster Closet edition of our horror episodes like you like you mentioned we talked about it and i have in the past too outlined that it's my favorite genre when it comes to film and yeah doesn't always get the space it deserves um in you know other media outlets um but some of my favorite podcasts are horror podcasts so i guess i was kind of inspired by them in a way and also just wanted to carve a space and i know you like horror movies too which is great so I just wanted to maybe make it a, sec- a special segment for uh, our listeners who are fans of the genre. So maybe just kind of like a special treat for them here and there whenever we get down to recording these episodes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that was some motivation for that. But for Dream Warriors, it's really dumb because it goes against my belief of, you know, I have a really hard time watching a movie from a series out of place like I'm. OCD legitimately I know people throw that word around but I am OCD in this way where I can't watch like the two towers if I'm going to watch the two towers I have to start with fellowship 
and then I have to watch the two towers after that. And then I won't right. feel right if I right. don't watch Return of the King immediately after that. Right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so but you don't get that feeling with, with this film is what you're saying. Well, the reason I watch this is because Voodoo does this thing where they offered a $2 rental credit if I streamed one of their ad-free movies for the month. And this was on oh, there. Nice. And I was like, oh, man. I, you know, And for this franchise, I've only ever seen the original Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake, and Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And okay. I had always heard, and I know you like Dream Warriors. I've, I've heard it's a fan favorite among the franchise, if not people's favorite. So it's like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I'd love to see that movie anyway. So might as well get my rental credit and stream it. And then I knew yeah. you liked this movie, so I figured it'd be a good pick for us to start with. Yeah, this was fun because um, I don't think I've actually watched this movie from beginning to end since. Um, the first time I've watched this film. Um, so it's been <clears throat> quite a few years since I've sat down and watched this movie. And uh, yeah, it's a good treat. I mean, we get to it later, but uh, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those movies you watch. And at least for me, where you kind of just like smile and chuckle through like a majority of the film. And it kind of is like a, a, a nice little throwback for me, I guess that makes me a little nostalgic of, you know, my childhood, because just the Freddy character, you know, in general was <clears throat> so iconic um, in the 80s. Because if you're talking about horror film, slasher films, it was always Freddy. It was always Jason. I mean, there was really no other. And if there was another, um, you were fronting because it was all about Freddy and Jason. Really? Um, Even my that's a mad shade for Michael Myers. Yeah, I mean. I guess that was that's my experience, but you know, I <clears throat> yeah. Oh wow, I yeah. I I, just, I find that super interesting because, but you know what, I I might agree with you just from anecdotal personal experience. There, I I'm harder pressed to find someone who's a Halloween franchise fan more so than the franchises of uh, Nightmare or Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I mean, because we didn't get a Freddy versus Michael Myers movie. We didn't get a Jason versus Michael Myers movie, right? That's did we true. get did, did we get any cross? Like, no, we didn't get like a Halloween cross. No nightmare. Which man, that would have been good, but I mean, that just wasn't. Um, yeah, because I think we just we were discussing this earlier before we started recording. Is that before they actually made the Freddy versus Jason movie, which we both agreed was terrible. Yes. But building up that movie that had always been like a long, <clears throat> you know, standing rumor that had been passed along and whether there was any like, uh, you know, evidence of that rumor of any kind of work on that movie being done before that. I don't remember, but it's just kind of those things that was always rumored, like on the playground. Yeah. Um, kind of thing. So, but well. And I wanted to maybe hammer that point home a little bit more. So for for kids of a certain age, like even millennials, I'm spoiled in this way. But I, I got a bit of what you're talking about, Chad. I The fact that, like you said, we created these fantasies on the schoolyard and it took that long for the Hollywood machine to take that and make a movie. Like that just didn't happen. Like I'm thinking of the Marvel franchise and just thinking of like the comic books I read as a kid. And yeah, 
you know, you would think the same thing. Like, oh man, it would be so cool to see, you know, whoever Spider-Man in a movie, the Avengers in a movie, you know, like that, that just, that didn't happen right away when you were a kid and you found something cool that you liked. So just, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but you're trying to, it it was, I didn't know exactly what you're trying to say, Jamie. There was, there was a period in our history where being, you know, a big nerd was more difficult to do than it is today. Yes. <laughs> there, yeah, yeah. there wasn't much out there for you, you know, like you kind of maybe had like your little niche thing or, you know, it was, it was mainly probably like in comic books or like the few movies that were out there. But yeah, when it comes to like Marvel superheroes and stuff like that, um, especially before like the M- MCU universe blew up, like in the in that series of films, like there was nothing. There's lots of attempts like on TV, mm-hmm. which you know, just they failed. They didn't look good, and a lot of the most successful stuff was done in animation. So, which yeah. a lot of the there's which you can check out on Disney Plus if you have that, which you do. Like there's some like the old like Spider Man. Oh yeah, the old X-Men on series there. is one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that show. That's good. If you have Disney Plus, go check that out. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, talk about dream warriors. Uh, it was starring the iconic Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Um, Heather landing camp is Nancy Thompson, who was in the first movie. Yep. Uh, Craig Wasson as well, who is the, as Dr. Neil Gordon, who is also, <laughs> I feel like at first I was like, is that Bill Maher? Cause he really looks uh- like Bill Maher. <laughs> 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 and uh this is uh patricia arquette's first role um as Kristen parker i think we're kind of like the big stars that kind of i won't say they're not all big stars but um this is a film that had a budget of four million and mm-hmm. made 44.8 million box office so they're not too bad for film coming out in seven right it's respectable yeah for me yeah i mean four million is i feel like i guess when you talk about movie budgets it's pretty low which i think a majority of it is spent on the special effects yeah this film um you know, I think with most horror movies, when this first came out, I don't think it was your usual big critics, you know, of course, didn't like it. But mm-hmm. currently, if you look at ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, currently have a, has a 74% score with the audience score of 68%. Uh, the average score on IMDb is 6.6 and the letterbox average score is 3.5. So that's, I, and I want to say too, that most, um, they're, they're not trilogies. That's not the right word. Cause usually the series continues, but most third entries are not this highly regarded if I'm not mistaken, especially in a horror franchise. Right. Like th- this call. one's kind of special in that way. Yeah. I think if you want to talk like entertainment too for the year 1987 and movies that came out was pretty cool year for movies. 
we have i know we just we just uh reviewed uh full metal jacket that year but yeah princess bride full metal jacket dirty dancing lost boys baseball's predator and we're talking about horror films we got hellraiser comes out that year oh raising arizona robocop your favorite movie three men and a baby I've actually I've never seen that. <laughs> um, Schwarzenegger's Running Man, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Ventures in Babysitting, Evil Dead Two. Oh, I love that movie. Monster Squad, The Witches of Eastwick. Oh, another you favorite of yours, uh, Summer School, starring Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon. <laughs> Uh, Police Academy 4. I mean, it, it just list goes on. Throw Mama from the Train. Wow. Creep Show yeah. 2. <laughs> You're right. We're going to have to we're going to have to pencil this year in when we talk about best movie years whenever we eventually get around to that long exhausting episode. Yeah. And it was also an awesome year for video games. <laughs> I think this is the year <laughs> that I got a Nintendo because so oh, we get, uh, yep, you get Mike Tyson's Punch Out, Mega Man, Zelda Two, Contra, Metal Gear, Castlevania Two, Dragon Warrior Two. Yeah, list goes on, Rick. man. Contra rocks. Blades of, of Steel. Speaking of Nintendo games, did you know that they made a Nightmare on Elm Street Nintendo game? I did not. Yeah. Any good? It is awful. <laughs> it is awful. Oh. I I was just setting you up for that one. I read your notes. It's it's garbage. So. <laughs> yeah. Dumpster fire. Oh, did you ever play the Friday the 13th one? I, rumor has it that one's actually kind of good. But I never the, played it. The Nintendo one? Yeah, isn't there an NES? I think there's an NES Friday the 13th where Jason's like damn near impossible to beat at the end. He's the final boss. I don't remember that. I know a few years ago they released a Friday the 13th game that was like a multiplayer game that's really cool. Oh, I always wanted to play that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so here's your trivia. So why is Jason the final boss in Friday the 13th? We all know, thank you, Scream, that Mrs. Voorhees should have been the final boss. I have some questions for the game developers. Oh, yeah. I've never seen Scream. What? Yeah. No way. Oh, yeah. was this was this in your movie Black Hole? Yeah, because what Scream came out in '96. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I don't. Scream was probably was. I actually I started watching it today. I watched like the first 15 minutes of it. Uh huh. So I was like, maybe if we're gonna start doing more horror movies, maybe I should probably actually watch Scream. <laughs> but I started watching. Yeah. I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Saw. <laughs> Just not as like hard. I was like, do you want to play a game? I was like, hell yeah, saw. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not exaggerating when I say that Scream is one of my all time favorite movies. I 
may have seen that more than any, well, not Home Alone, but it's close. I love that movie. We need to save that for a Monster Closet episode in the future. Okay, I'm down. I'll try to finish it. Um, I think it's on Showtime right now, so I'll try to at least get that under my belt and take some notes. Yeah, yeah. I I actually recommend the first three. I liked four, but the first three are good. First first two are really solid. Three's not as good, but it's still fun. All right. All right. Put that calendar. Sweet. All right. So, uh, Jamie, what? Um, so, what, give me some thoughts on this movie. Like, what? Um, so you said that you like this film. For me, I, you know, like I said, this is like the first time I came went back and watched this film since I originally watched it, and uh, I like it. I think it's just a really fun movie, and I really forgot about how like uh, the deaths in these movies were so just how they're done. Like, there's always some kind of theme to each death and some kind of like a little trick to each one of them that made them entertaining to where like it's not terrifying I guess for in the most part for me um it's maybe more terrifying as like a, <laughs> as like a 10 year old watching this but yeah. um yeah I really forgot about that just like how the deaths were and like just all the freddy one liners like everything started coming back to me and um that's I think for me is like was like the most enjoyable part and always like the little like uh cliffhangers at the end of these movies too of like oh no he's not he's co- he's not dead yet you know like he's gonna come back <laughs> you didn't quite get him right so and i think the only I, I went through like a list or a series of youtube videos they are trying to watch all of the uh um like last scenes of at least like the first like five okay um, elm street films and just how they ended and i think the fifth one there wasn't like any kind of like crazy scene where like Freddy comes back. It was like they were, they were like at a, like a, a fountain, like a couple was like up coming up to this fountain and like, right, let's make a wish. And they threw like a coin in the water and like right as the coin hit the water, the water is rippling and you see, I mean, spoilers, if you <laughs> put the movies been out forever, but you see like ripples in the water and you kind of see an image of Freddy. Mm-hmm. And like the idea is that she makes a wish to make him go away, I'm guessing. And like he disappears and her boyfriend's like, what did you wish? And she's like, well, if I told you, it wouldn't come true. And that's how it ended. But all the other ones end with like, like this one ends with like the uh, house that um, Patricia Arquette character made out of like the paper mache and like uh, um, popsicle sticks. <laughs> Yeah. At the end, like the light comes on. Um, there's the one where like the te- the girl is like going out to meet her friends in like the car, and like the car is like red with like the red and gray stripes on the top, yeah. on the top of the yeah. car. <laughs> you know, like the windows rolled up and they're getting smoked out and they're screaming. Then it shows like her mom like waving goodbye, and like Freddie's arm comes through like the door window and like pulls her through the door. Yep. That's how the movie ends, but. That's yeah. the first one. I the the second one actually kind of 
freaks me out. And I don't find these movies to be too scary. Um, yeah. They have their moments, but the the second one is when he's on the bus and he realizes that Freddy's driving the bus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is freaky. Yeah. yeah. And Cause he's like, well, because he's like, what is first? Oh, what were you going to say? No, go ahead with your thought. No, no, no. You go. I insist. I forgot already. It was like, I was trying to think it's because he's like, they're going down the road in the bus and he starts freaking out and he's like, slow down. You're going too fast. Yes. Then, uh, oh yeah. Then he turns like the girl behind him too. is like, don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. And like Freddie's hand, claw hand, like busts through her chest. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That one gets me because it, um, it just, it builds the tension. Two reasons. It's just tension wise. It's very, very good. Um, at slowly revealing parts of the dream and then realizing that he's in the back of the bus and there's nowhere to go. And now I don't know about you, but I take the bus to work and I swear to God, these, some of these drivers, while I love it as a passenger, they will ride the shoulder to avoid traffic. And some of these guys are going 50, 55 miles per hour on the shoulder and yeah. I'm just like, it's one <laughs> one loose thing of gravel to send us into a lake or like I, I have to like put my head down into my book or turn up my podcast and close my eyes. It scares the shit out of me. I even Yeah, I had a Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I know I, I had a driver that. once like rip off like um like she hit like the mirror like a like a truck next to us. Like you know, some of those like big like oh. Uh, pickup trucks have like the big mirrors on the side like it has like yeah. a dually cab a dually but yeah she knocked a fucking mirror off the, <laughs> side of the car and she kind of slowed down like she was gonna like stop then she just kept on going i'm like all right i gotta get home so i can pick up my kids right <laughs> nobody got time for that but speaking of buses the craziest thing i've seen on a bus was when i was riding a bus um <clears throat> out to berkeley California and uh when we were in Nevada I think it was Nevada there was like a deer that ran maybe it was in Colorado a deer ran out into the road and the bus hit the deer and like mm-hmm. it hit the deer and it just like split that deer in two oh <laughs> I saw it like happen like I was like holy shit I've never seen anything that gruesome before in my life oh my god <laughs> That would fit well with the Freddy, Freddy theme here. Right. <laughs> oh, no kidding. What's wrong? Got a backache? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, shoot. Um, well, back to your question, though. So, yeah. first impressions, what I liked about this movie, um, it's very hard so with the third film in a franchise especially horror you have to keep it fresh which they do by introducing the Kristen parker character which is patricia arquette um so we find out early on that she can she has this power to pull people into her dreams and um so before i think it was safe to say that nancy was the only one who figured out that the way to beat freddy was to overpower him by convincing yourself it was a dream and then ignoring him like the way she 
she does it is she turns her back on him, ignores him, and then has the power to bring him into our world and kill him. Some variation right. of that. Yeah. Anyway, this is like an inversion where Kristen can bring people into her dreams and then they can overpower Freddy. And it's like the the um comparison I would make is when I think of, you know, uh possession films like The Devil, it's um they do a great job of convincing you that evil exists. But what's the opposite side of that coin? It's like in order to win, if there's a devil, there has to be a god, right? I mean, just if if that's the thing that they're saying. So in order to overpower that, you have to remember, you know, your faith, your god, whomever, to overcome that evil. So in this, they're saying that, okay, if Freddy can come into our dreams, it's still our dreams. So we have to remember that so that we can overpower him and vanquish him that way because he's still an invader in our mind this you know this home court for us so let's turn that on him and take it over hence dream warriors (laughs) but i do think it's cool the idea of pulling different people into your dreams for for inactivity that's just so like tr- try describing your most vivid dream to somebody it does not make sense no matter how hard you try it it's just such a a singular personal experience so to be able to pull someone else into that with you i think it's super cool as a concept um but like you said the kills so i think the the um, well, there's a couple that are pretty gruesome throughout the franchise. The one that like legitimately creeped me out, like made my skin crawl, was Philip the like the marionette. The marionette, yeah, yeah. Oh, that that was disgusting. Yeah, disgusting and, I- and really cool. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> agreed. You know, really quick though, uh, hold your thought on that. Is that yeah. uh, when he is <laughs> so like? It has a scene where Freddy's like ripping his tendons out and that's what he's using to like, you know, walk him around like a puppet. Then it has a scene where uh, Philip is walking down the ha- hallway and like the like one of the uh, staff working there has like her back turned and he's like walking down the hallway and then he like magically goes right through the door. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Well, why didn't he just go through the wall in the first place? Or, like, if he can go through the door, how come he doesn't fall through the floor? Right. <laughs> anyway, <Shit>. that's... <laughs> not, that that... That. <laughs> not that that broke the movie for me. Right. right. <laughs> it's just a silly thought. But anyway, no, that's so... Philip the mannequin. Or not the mannequin, the marionette. The marionette, yes. Yes. Yeah, I just, I, I gave it respect because I didn't think, you know, these movies are, it's fun for me. It's more like a, it's more like a cheeseburger or a junk food. I, I don't really seek out the Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street franchises for like my serious scares. So yeah. when, when it can get under my skin like that, I have to give it props because I, I just, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, it's a pretty good scene. It's kind of gruesome too, and there's some good effects on that when he's like pulling the, the tendons out and yeah, right. And it, the the 
the creepiest or not the creepiest, really creepiest part of the movie, but it just makes me think of too, like there's this idea of, you know, like these kids are, are being murdered, right. By like this uh, paranormal or like this, he's a demon, right. Essentially. Mm-hmm. So, but no one will really believe the other kids, like what's going on. Cause they're just like, well, he committed suicide. I'm like, no, it's like, you know, it's like the kids are trying to explain what happened, but like no one really believes them. And plus, they're in a, uh, you know, um, not a sane asylum. What are they in? A loss of words. Psychiatric ward? Psych- yeah, they're in a psychiatric ward. It's in a synopsis, Chad. <laughs> they're in a psychiatric ward. So, like, of course, no one's going to believe them. Though. So, it's the whole idea of like, even if they could try to, you know, kind of cry for help, like, no one's going to fucking believe them because they're going to sound crazy because they're in a psych ward. Right. I kind of like that, that twist on it. But, uh, yeah, you started going down the deaths. Um, <clears throat> why don't we just go down the line since we're on that topic mm-hmm. right now? Um, I have them listed here and I don't know if I have them really in order, but we'll just go through them anyway. And, um, so I had Philip as, Number one, that I think the next one is Jennifer, the aspiring actress. Yes. Which I think is maybe my favorite in this movie. And this involves like the the only time that uh, Robert England like improvised like any of his lines. It was like the uh, ready for prime time, bitch. (laughs) 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 Where he, he picks her up and smashes her head into the TV. And there's actually some great cameos, too, for really old people when we get the uh uh was a dick cavett interviewing jaja gabor um then of like freddie like ends up like taking like cavett becomes freddie and he slices gabor then he becomes a tv but yeah i really like that that scene of jennifer getting smashed into the tv that's that's a good one and i you know what? When I first started watching this, I thought for sure that was Jennifer Tilly. It is not. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's yeah. I don't know. I was I was thinking that looked like somebody familiar. That's probably what I was thinking. But yeah, good call. Yeah, Penelope but it is Sudro not. It's her name. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next, I have uh, Taryn. So, um, her her. In her dream, she becomes like the badass, like punk rocker, <laughs> which, <laughs> which she's like, I can't remember the line she says too. where after they, they all get hypnotized and they all like kind of reveal what their dream power is. And she's like, I'm something, something, something. She has like a switchblade knife and she throws it out. She's like, and I am bad. <laughs> <laughs> But like, uh, yeah, Taryn, her uh, death is because um, she's like the drug addict, right? In this film, and uh, yeah. has like the drug problems. And her scene is where Freddie has like the uh, I call it the heroin fingers, the fingers of like syringes. Yes. And she ODs on on Freddie's heroin fingers, and he's like, "Let's get high." <laughs> It's fucking one-liners. <laughs> oh. Poor Taryn. All right, so next on here I have uh, Will, who was the uh, kid in the wheelchair. 
and his uh his um dream power is the wizard he's like a wizard right mm-hmm. cast spells and shit so so if this was done today he'd be like fucking harry potter or something i'm guessing <laughs> <Come on. laughs> but uh yeah this is where oh, they have that's... to see like you're at the hallway and it has like the the wheelchair full of spikes yeah uh, but anyway, that Freddy one, gets that him. That one bummed me out, though. That one bummed me out because he's the because he like he's the first one to figure it out, and you're like, oh shit, he's gonna be able to fight back. And oh then, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's quickly put to rest. <laughs> yeah, because he he kind of avoids like death at first, then uh, you know, Freddy ends up getting him, and he st- he stabs his his knife fingers into his chest and. Yeah. His one liner here is Sorry kid. I don't believe in fairy tales. <laughs> I love this shit. It's so dumb. <laughs> oh, it's and I think that's I have some other characters like I have on here, but they don't die, so I'm just gonna skip ahead. But I wanna I wanna circle back to like what happens to him now. Um Then we have uh Donald Thompson, who is Nancy Thompson's dad from the first movie, um, he dies after like they do some. Freddy kills him after like they have to go find his fucking bones and shit, and it's in like the junkyard. <laughs> they have to whatever bury him and like do the holy water shit. What water? Not very significant. I don't remember what the line was to that one. Do you? What the what was? What like if. Freddie had a one-liner for that one. I thought that was kind of pretty nonchalant. I think it was the one-liner was "This is the worst part of the movie." Fast forward. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I hated that part. I hated oh god. I, but we. Oh then. Get it. Yeah, right. Then he comes back as Ghost Dad. <laughs> ghost Dad. <laughs> I have right. I've heard Ghost. Yeah, because uh, then his daughter Nancy, who was in the first movie. Um, is actually which I thought was pretty bold to actually fucking kill like a main character that's kind of part of the the series and um I know that was a bummer yeah that was a bummer. where like I she thought, sees I her, sure her Nancy was gonna make it yeah right and uh <clears throat> yeah so she sees like her ghost dad and like she goes to give him a hug and then like Freddie like jacks her in the stomach um. I want to go back. I thought some of the Joey, who is like the mute, um, where he falls in love with like the nurse. Right. And I have here it's yeah. that, that scene, that makeout scene. It's like your 80s obligatory nude scene, you know, where you got to get some kind of like at least topless scene into an 80s film. So, so he starts. You're not wrong for what it's worth. And yeah, I don't mean to sound too perverted. That is one of the most beautiful women in one of those scenes that I've ever seen. Just let the record show that. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. But, uh, yeah, so Joey's, like, making out with her, then, like, his, like, tongue, like, like, it's like a, whatever. <laughs> it's, like, stuck to her tongue or some shit, like, melts together. Right. And like ends up like tying Joey to like the bedpost with like tongues. 
four different these tongues. Four different tongues. He is a mute. And Freddy's line is, What's wrong, Joey? Feeling tongue-tied? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> He's like, Freddy uh, Krueger's like secretly Sean Connery's James Bond's cousin. I think that's what's <laughs> going on here. Right? I, I like that. I like that comparison. Uh, <clears throat> then we have uh, Kincaid, who's... Uh, his dream power is super strength. <laughs> and uh, I don't have much to say about Kincaid, but. Um, oh, I was, for, I was always cheering for him. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. always cheering for him. Then you have uh, Kristen, who's played by Patricia Arquette, whose uh, dream power. <laughs> dream power is gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> all that caffeine, just putting it to work in her dream. Oh yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because uh, isn't that in that first scene where she's like taking like a spoonful of like uh, instant coffee, coffee, and like slamming it down with a can of diet coke? <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, oh man. But yeah, I mean, not too many deaths in this film. But I think. There's only seven deaths total, so not too bad, yeah. not too bad. We lose a main yeah. character. Well, but, it's kind uh, of an inversion in that way too, where he doesn't he doesn't kill everybody, but one, you know, enough people survive that yeah. I think that's a cool misdirection. Yeah. Yep. There is a <clears throat> Okay, I'm touching this too, because this is something I do not remember from this movie is that we get um, more of like Freddy Krueger's origin story. Yes. Morning. <clears throat> Cause we get I'm so like, glad you brought this up. Yeah. So like we get like glimpses of um, what's his name? What's Bill Maher's name in this Dr. Neil Gordon. Yes. Yeah. So he sees like the sister, right? You know, and like she eventually like sees him and part of the building and, tells a story that, you know, he was Freddy Krueger or whatever story about this, this woman, she got stuck or locked in this, uh, psychiatric facility and was raped by a hundred maniacs. <laughs> and well, uh, you could not run with today for the record. Right, right. And, uh, the bat, yeah, the bastard son of a hundred maniacs. Um, so in this, this bastard son was Freddy Krueger. Then, uh, again, spoiler alert, we're just under the assumption that you've watched this movie and we're just talking about it and we're just trying to make you laugh and share our stories together. But, uh, so we find out that at the end, not the end scene, but close to the end where they're at the funeral for um, Nancy is that he walks over to that that gravestone and it has that woman's name in it and I wish I didn't put it down sister something something Amanda Krueger Amanda Krueger which um, was Freddy Krueger's mom and the story that the woman told that was in white was Freddy Krueger's mom and she was a ghost but uh, yeah yeah I thought that was really cool yeah totally wouldn't fly today but 
Yeah, that's something I did. I totally forgot. Um, about this film. Yeah. Well, and I really enjoyed that too. Not knowing, I I love the. That's another thing too. I love about these franchises is how the lore changes throughout the films because they have to. I mean, they just have to keep going back to the writers' room to reinvent. You know, you kill him for one movie, but you got to find a way to bring him back for the sequel. So, I just kind of love seeing how their um, lore evolves and their backstory and all that stuff. And you know, when you see the nun, that she's not quite human, but you don't obviously get the full story. So I kind of like how they save that and kind of reveal it bit by bit. But what I couldn't help but think too, when I was watching this is for, I thought she was the freakiest part of the movie because you know that she's dead or haunting the place in some way. And I was like, Oh man, I wonder if this is where, um, you know, like James Wan was kind of inspired for the nun when he's talking about, that in the uh, second conjuring movie because oh yeah yeah i haven't seen I don't that think but it's, yeah i yeah. don't think it's so far-fetched to say and granted that figure comes up a couple times like i think in the exorcist 3 one of the more famous jump scenes i think that's a nun as well but i think like if there's a subcategory of scary nuns in a movie like this has got to be up there yeah i'm there with you yeah, that's a good call out. I would have never made that connection before. Yeah, it just it just so kind of hit me as I was watching it. Yeah. So is the nun is that a sequel to a movie you're saying? So, I, how familiar are you with the Conjuring franchise? Zero. Zero. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so it's um. I guess I'll break it down for you. Maybe some of our listeners who aren't familiar, but it's yeah. It kind of follows the um. I don't want to say adventures, but for the sake of description here, we'll say adventures of two demonologists. Their names are Ed and Lorraine Warren, real people. And um, they claim to be psychic or mediums, and they have all of these haunted artifacts, and they have cleansed multiple houses and people. Um, Anyway, so there was the first Conjuring film, and then there was a second Conjuring film. And in the second Conjuring film, he introduces the character of the nun and okay. she, she only, she only gets a couple scenes. He doesn't really flesh it out. Just like this ancient demon that's haunting Lorraine. And yeah. those scenes, those scenes are terrifying. <clears throat> like that's some of the, some of my favorite scenes in a horror movie are the nun in the conjuring Two. So scary. And it's so well done. But then she got her own spinoff, the movie that came out two years ago, the nun. Okay. Yeah. So All right. that's what she's from. So, Cool. Yeah, I may have to check this out. Yeah, I the the first two Conjuring films are great. I and I think they're legitimately scary. If you like um, haunted house movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll add that to the list. Maybe we'll have to uh, cover that for a monster closet. Yeah. Yeah. Love to. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, some other things I want to touch on is like uh, just other things like while watching this, it's like you start all these like uh, I could I could just feel the synopsis uh, synapsis. I'm sorry, the synapsis triggering in my brain cells while I'm watching this movie and like these memories coming back is when you hear the uh, the Freddy's like the one, two, Freddy's coming for you, three, four, yeah. better lock your door and uh, 
<clears throat> I know for the longest time, like I can never remember like the real version of that song. <laughs> I always knew the Freddie version of the song. So like when it came to try to like sing this to my kids, I would just have to be like, duh, 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 like, cause I didn't know what the real words to it were. Like I was like, Oh yeah, five, six, grab a crucifix. Wait, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Back Whoa. it up. <laughs> but yeah, and I like how at least I was watching um again, I was just like I just wanted to catch up quick on some of those like at least like the first five Freddy movies and um the there's always like the scene with like the, the girls wearing white in the jump rope singing that song, so it's always like a little added touch I, I'd like to this a part of this franchise. Yeah. Let's see. So just a little bit about the the cast. Um as I was trying to do some prep for this episode. Um Robert England in 1983. Do you ever remember the um TV memory or you probably don't remember it because it was before you were born, but never heard of the uh, TV miniseries V? No. Oh, wait. I've heard of it. I, d- I, don't, I don't know it. I just, I've, I've seen the like poster art or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so like a, the, it aired in 1983 and 1984 was the second season, and uh, Robert England played a character, Willie, in that first season in 1983. And... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I was just pulling up and just seeing like those images, like, oh shit, like, yeah, I totally remember this. Like, essentially about these aliens that come to Earth, but they disguise themselves as humans, but they're like actually like lizard people, which is like some, you know, rate up, uh, God, what's that crazy guy's name? I always talks about the lizard people. Um, tries to sell you, sell you silver. Alex Jones. Alex Jones, thank you. Yep. <laughs> Tried to sell you silver. <laughs> Let's see here. I listen here. Yeah, Craig Wasson, who plays the the doctor, Neil Gordon. Totally like. Okay. I did have to actually check. I was like, is that Bill Maher? Because that's fucking weird. He looks just like Bill Maher. I didn't Bill, imagine Bill Maher like, uh, you know, thirty years ago. And it's like, yeah, it totally looks like Bill Maher. Yeah. <clears throat> Before the gray. But yeah, I think I already added this already, but yeah, this was Patricia Arquette's first role. But that's all I really had on the cast. I was just like I just was entertained in the fact that I remember now Robin England being a Willie from the miniseries V. Um, nice. We did mention nice. Fishburn. I was glad he survived. Oh too. yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about that. But yeah, as, he uh, was Larry uh, Fishburn in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's see here. Man, we've had a pretty solid discussion on this. I know. Almost to an uh, hour or so. Do you want to go off on docking? Yeah, so let's uh, talk about the score. Um, 
so <laughs> I one one of the, the things I do remember most about this movie is the uh Dawkins song of Dream Warriors because if you if you just gave somebody this song you'd be like, Yeah, this is uh 80s like rock <laughs> and like a capsule, like totally would is like a you know, like the I don't know, it's just so perfect. I was actually listening to it before we were um recording and I don't know. I was actually I forgot I was gonna text you. I was like, you gotta listen to the song before we record. I gotta just like get you in the mood for it. Dream Warriors. Not Doc gonna dream shred. no more. Fuck, right? Yeah. Yeah, Dokken was like too like if you had like a a rock band or a metal band, you just had to have like a really badass, like, you know, font to your band title. Cause like Dokken looks cool, but I mean it's kind of deceiving <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, but outside right. of Dawkins doing the, you know, like the title song for the film, uh, the rest of the score was composed by, uh, I'm sorry if I mutilate this, but was composed by Angelo Adalamenti. Dal- I think is how you pronounce it. Adalamenti. I couldn't have said it better. And, uh, who is, uh, um, which I've known a lot through just a lot of like David Lynch's work. So um, from like Twin Peaks and Mulholland Drive and The Lost Highway. Um, some really cool music. But like, I didn't think he even scored like the uh, like the most recent Twi- Twin Peaks uh, series. I can't remember the name. It was like Twin Peaks, something, something, something. But he also scored a part of that was as well. So kind of like cool, like it's kind of like some weird, like cool, like jazz I don't know kind of trippy sounding but pretty cool music check it out um, it works Especially what's that sound is so I, I said it works sound is so yeah. key to a horror movie too yeah so I think that yeah. it better for it yeah and it kind of matches too because like it I don't know if you've seen Mulholland Drive or Lost Highway like those are I haven't I don't know if I don't know if like Lost Highway is considered like a horror movie, but I would probably consider it like a horror film. <laughs> it's fucking weird, but it creeped it creeped me out. Like I watched it before I flew back home from California when I was like nineteen, and like there was some imagery in that movie that just like stuck with me like that entire evening. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I think it's fair to call David Lynch. I horror i it depends on the movie i suppose but i i don't think that's too far off yeah then uh <laughs> i w- actually wanted to share with you my my freddy Krueger halloween costume story <laughs> oh yes please do so it was probably it's probably not too long after this movie came out and maybe like i was probably like 10 or 11 this is when we lived in Texas, and first off, like my mom never really let me go trick or treating. <laughs> so I never really like if it was, it was just like to the neighbor's house and come back, <laughs> you know. <laughs> or she would just buy me candy because my mom was always paranoid that someone was going to put like razor blades or drugs in my candy. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, one year I was like, <clears throat> well, first off, I think because I had like a like a star log magazine and there was like an order form in there where you can order like a Freddy Krueger mask. 
And uh, my mom wasn't down with that. She wasn't going to let me order this mask. Plus, it was like probably like close to a hundred bucks, and like a hundred dollars in like nineteen eighty eight was a shit ton of money. And um, so I was like, "Oh, I'm going to make my own." So I took like one of my dad's like work gloves and like cut out like a hole on the back of the glove. Then I took uh, toggle bolts. I don't know if it, those if you know what those are. They kind of almost look like uh, they're essentially for like you can use them as like sheet rocking anchors, so you can like <clears throat> plug them through like a hole in the wall. Then you can attach something, and there's like they expand. So, um, oh yeah, yeah, I know what those are. <clears throat> so I use those as like the my knuckles on the glove, <laughs> and then I cut out like slivers out of like a a milk carton to make my Freddy Krueger knives. <laughs> oh, funny. And then I doused them with fake blood. And that was my Freddy Krueger. <laughs> was my Freddy Krueger costume. Yep. So I think I went trick-or-treating. I went to three houses. <laughs> they know went... who you were? <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess I had like an oversight. So <clears throat> my dad was a big guy. And uh, you got to imagine, like, you know, a guy that probably weighs, like, close to 300 pounds, like, what his work glove size would be. Then, like, oh, big hands. Then, like a 10-year-old <laughs> putting that glove on his hands <laughs> with some heavy-ass toggle bolts, you know, like, super glued. <laughs> to the t- I mean, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I would have known. I, I would have figured it out. <laughs> right, right. Freddy Krueger, I'm giving you all my candy because you scared the piss out of me. <laughs> Take it all. I'm going to bed. You win Halloween. <laughs> oh, man. That is awesome. So, final question for you. Is it yeah. safe to say, then, that out of the three, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, you would choose Nightmare on Elm Street? yeah yeah probably because i was never really a fan of uh this is gonna hurt you i know it's gonna hurt you bad but i was never really a fan of a big fan of halloween or the the friday the 13th movies i just never they just never done anything for me so uh but hey maybe i just need to go back and you know rewatch them Cause maybe maybe it's like a kid too. Like sometimes I feel like Mouse probably watching these movies like way too young. So maybe that's yeah. <clears throat> like a a Freddy film just because of the stupid one liners and like that's probably what caught my attention the most. You know, because there's not comedy moments like that in those other two film franchises. So I would probably right. credit you know my my feelings. Towards that movie franchise versus the others. No, fair enough. Fair enough. So, what would you? Where do you lean? Do you do you lean heavy, heavy, heavy Halloween? Or I said Friday the Thirteenth, and I I heard some uh, expression so, from me on that. In my um, fuck Mary kill of these three <laughs> okay, franchises. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I like that. I I'm um. I'm I'm killing Friday the Thirteenth. I I've never been a huge Jason fan, to be honest. Okay, Those. all right, I'm there with you. Yeah, 
I mean, I don't know. The first one's kind of fun, but it's never been my favorite. Um, I would say, yeah, definitely fuck Freddy, which makes sense. He's the most sexual anyway. Um, right. <laughs> and <laughs> and they're fun. I mean, I, I love Dream Warriors. I love the original um, Nightmare. And the second one is interesting. I've come around on it. It's kind of not as loved um, out of the series as the others but yeah it's really interesting just the um homoerotic subtext that exists in that movie it's um in the first one you're saying the second one the second one that one yeah i don't remember that one as well so maybe i'll have to go back and go go back and watch it it's yeah i think it's it's hailed as um i and i don't want to misquote here but like one of the gayest horror films of all time. And I don't, I don't mean that in any derogatory way. I really don't like that's, that's the reputation it has. Yeah. I've, I've, I read that. Yeah. I was like, I had no idea, but (laughs) yeah. And they're riffing on sexuality with Freddie and dating this guy's body. It's, it's, it's really interesting. So I, yeah, I would recommend a rewatch on that one, but, um, Anyway, I I would marry Halloween just because I love the first film so much. Um, And Halloween 2 is awesome. And I even love the remake, the David Gordon Green um, remake co-written with Danny McBride. It's it's so good. I love that movie. Like the the comedian actor Danny McBride? Yeah. What? Yeah, he he co-wrote the 2018 Halloween. Oh, fuck. I got to watch that now. It's so just good. cause, <laughs> just cause. It, Jamie Lee Curtis is incredible. It's uh, I love that movie. Now, I I don't follow these very closely. So this 2018 version is this was supposed to be like actually like a direct sequel from the original movie. So is that how it okay. was built? You kind of opened a can of worms, and I'll do my best to close it quickly. Okay, but right. um, it's it's actually it's pretty controversial and the oh. horror community because Uh-oh. you have you have people who love the films sequentially in the order they were released because it gets a little weird with Michael Myers and his backstory and frankly yeah. I don't know all of it because I haven't seen them all but um so there's people who like those films then there's the Rob Zombie remakes which are loved and or hated for different reasons um so this one and I don't know all the timelines because Halloween H2O has a different timeline as well. That was like the 90s reboot. Um, but for the most recent one, the only films that existed in the Halloween universe were the first one, the first John Carpenter John Carpenter one, and then this one. So there's a legion of okay. fans that hate it because it forgets Halloween's two through six. So... But they were super upfront with that, like in the trailers, in um, press release before the movies, and even in the movie. You know, they kind of address some of the stuff that happens. So they say, you know, if you, you know, if you want to watch this, understand that everything else didn't happen except for the first movie. So it was a dream. It, <laughs> it was a dream. <laughs> that's right. That's that's the perfect uh, uh, segue into like making a Freddy versus Michael Myers movie. Oh my god, we wrote it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool, you Who gotta you write that script win? now. Uh Freddie. 
right? I would say Freddy too, but I'm not sure Michael Myers dreams. So. Oh yeah. Well, how did I don't remember how Freddy and Jason fought in that one either. So. Oh. Because I imagine a dead person can't dream either. So. You're right. He had to. He wouldn't need to sleep. So. Yeah, he had to get them to revive Jason. And then had to was he in Jason's dreams? I can't remember. It was it was really They did a lot of there was a lot of red tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that concludes this episode of Movie Time Machine. Our very first episode special episode we redo Jamie and Chad's Monster Closet. So hopefully we could do more of these in the future and hopefully you enjoy them. If you do, send us a message. And you can do that via Twitter. You can find us at Movie Machine Pod. Just find us Movie Time Machine on Twitter. Or if you want to leave reviews, go ahead and leave your questions there. If you want to see any changes, let us know that as well. We'd appreciate your feedback. Um, if you have any questions too, we can read those on our next episode. So that's it for tonight. Again, thanks for listening. Take care of yourself out there. Be safe. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye.